Amen. Isn't that good? Good video. Well, welcome. Uh, how are you guys doing this morning? Is everybody doing good? Now, I know you cannot be, be doing too bad because look at these seats. My goodness. Uh, they, these are might be the most comfortable ones I've sat in. So you get to sit in a place like this. This is wonderful. Uh, my name is Pastor Kenny Smith. I am uh, filling in for Jake. Now, Jake um, is a friend of mine. We've been friends for since he was in Medford in Southern Oregon. I was down there. Um, so probably 10 or 12 years. I'm now what we call uh, Generations Pastor at Life Bible Church in Harrisburg, which I'm over um, newborn through uh, young adult, and I'm an elder there at the church and loving it. Um, I'm here with my uh, wife, Jacqueline, and I have five kids because um, <laughs> I love kids. Uh, 15, uh, my daughter Grace is 15. My son Christian here is 13. Then we have three in the back. My daughter uh, Isabella is nine. My daughter Emma is six. And then my son Jeremiah, who is the equivalent of three normal kids with energy and and torment of his sisters is uh, four. So it's uh, it really is an honor to be here with you guys. And I um, I feel like I said this to first service. I thought when when Jake asked me to come speak some time ago and said you would be speaking on forgiveness, I thought absolutely. Like I have offended so many people in my life and have had to ask for forgiveness so many times. It'd be it'd be great. Um, and so I. Uh, I am honored. I'm just going to pray, and we're going to get right into the subject of uh, forgiveness. You guys ready for that? Why don't you just look at your neighbor and say, get ready. Say it, come on. Say it with a little bit of passion here. Just grab their shoulder and say, you get ready. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you for this morning. Lord, this is your day. Lord, we're just asking, Lord, for these next... Uh, 30 minutes, Lord, for you to come and just speak to our heart. Lord, I thank you that uh, it doesn't matter what I say, your word is what's living. So let that word strike the mark. Let it produce fruit. Lord, I pray your anointing would rest in here and break every every yoke in Jesus' name. Amen. It's a great scripture in, in Matthew chapter 6. And, and uh, you know, I, I, sadly, I, I've been a pastor for, um, I think, let's see, I was 20, so I'm 42 now, so like about 22, 23 years. And uh, in all, all of my time, I, I, I've hit on forgiveness, but never really dove into forgiveness, sadly. I mean, a little embarrassed to say. But I started looking into this when, uh, when Pastor Jake asked me, and, and forgiveness or unforgiveness, I guess, however you want to call it, it's a pretty incredible thing here. Now, let me show you this in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus, it was a Sermon on the Mount. He was, he was, uh, it was some of the first real big teaching with his disciples, and he, he was teaching them how to pray, and he goes through the Lord's Prayer, and then in the Matthew version of it, at the end of it, he says this. He says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And so I'm sure the disciples were like, oh yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. Like we forgive. And then, but then they said this, but if you do, if he said this, if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you. That puts a little bit... Uh, more impetus on it, right? Makes it a little more uh, of a heavy statement. If, if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. Now, for those of you in here who don't sin, that's not a big deal. 
<laughs> but for the few of us that are left, or the rest of us that are left, we better figure out how to forgive and how to forgive right. You know, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I, you know, uh, okay, let me give you a, a couple definitions real fast of what, uh, for, we're talking about unforgiveness, but let me tell you what, what forgiveness is, right? Forgiveness is the action of granting someone else who is guilty of committing a wrong a release from all further punishment, right? It's a release from all further punishment. Forgiveness is a promise to no longer remember one's sin and to cease holding it against them. So how many of you, let me just ask, how many of you in here uh, have ever been offended at someone? A few of you? How many of you in here have ever just really been, somebody really hurt you? I mean, you were just so mad and maybe, I mean, was it altered? How many of you, um, let's go a little bit deeper. And we, I, we don't, I mean, I don't need to know what it was, but how many of you would say, yeah, there's somebody in my life or multiple people who hurt me really, really bad and to where I, I, you know, I couldn't sleep, I lost sleep, maybe sometimes just makes you feel sick, right, as you walk through. How many have just really been hurt? A lot of us, isn't it the truth? And I think this is why Jesus hit it uh, so early and so often with his disciples. And so when he talks about you, have, you must forgive them seven times or you must forgive them seven times 70, there was a reality here that you're probably gonna get offended a lot and get hurt a lot and, and really... Um, need to learn how, you think of like James and John, some of the disciples, they, they would ask to call down fire on cities and, and Peter cut the, right, the, the, the servant's ear off. So he was talking to some rough and tumble guys that this was a, this was a real situation where, listen, this is what he, I, I took it as he was saying, you're going to face a lot, of, a lot of offenses and a lot of people that want to hurt you because they're human or go, uh, accidentally, on purpose, whatever. You're going to have to learn to forgive. And it's so important important that if you don't know how to forgive, you choose not to forgive, I won't be able to forgive you. There's some weight to that. There's some weight to that. So let's talk about forgiveness. I want to ask you this question before, uh, a few questions before I uh, share a couple scriptures. Um, we're talking about offense and, and holding on to that offense towards people. I'm going to ask you some questions. You don't have to raise your hand so like wives don't elbow your husband or whatever you know we do. You can give them the, you have permission to give them the, the look that they know what the look is. But here's some ways by uh, which you may know that you are offended or that someone is offended at you, right? Um, do you desire, so we're talking about people who may have hurt you. Do you desire to have fellowship with them or do you try to avoid them? Good question. Here's one. Do you have any blame or condemnation of them or for them? You blame them, condemn them. Here's a good one. I don't ever do this, but some of you might. Do you still make up speeches of what you're going to say to them or what you should have said to them? I think sometimes in situations, I spend more time thinking about what I'm going to say than even normal talk. Like, I'm, okay, they're going to walk in. I know it. They're going to walk. They're going to stand right there and they're going to come and I know what they're going to say. They're going to say this and I'm going to, I'm going to nail them with this. Or I'll leave a conversation saying, oh, if I just would have said this, it would have been so, per I would have put them right in their place, right? Anybody ever do that? A few of you. Do you still think that they should hurt or should pay for what they've done to you? Do you still think that they should hurt uh, for what they've done to you? Do you still think of ways to get even with them? 
Still think of ways to get even with them. Uh, Do you sometimes think hard thoughts and have to repent only to think those hard thoughts again and have to repent again over and over? It's like this continual thing that just sits in you where you just have to, oh man, I'm just going to punch him or I'm going to grab him or I'm going to say this or I, I just, if I could just, and then, oh Lord, forgive me. Man, I'm so, Lord, I repent. And then a day later, an hour later, a few minutes later, a week, whatever, it's those same thoughts. For some of us, some people I've worked and dealt with, we're, we're talking 30 years, 30, 40 years of the same thought. Um, do you have strong emotional reactions when you think of or see the person who hurt you? Strong emotional reaction. Can you sincerely pray for this person and bless them, sincerely desiring to see them blessed? Can you and do you honestly rejoice when good things happen to the person who wounded you? I think these are good questions, and I think they're good gauges of where maybe our heart is. And the reality is, Pastor Jake spoke on it uh, last week, a great, great message I got to hear, but if we don't choose to forgive, we're actually released to be tormented. If we look at the parable, we're released, and we'll talk about it in a minute, but there's actually a a, a release given for us to be tormented. Well, what do you mean tormented? Well, an angel comes, ties you down, and starts tapping you. Just kidding. Doesn't happen that way. But what? listen, when the peace of God leaves your heart, when that peace lifts off of your life, there's a torment that comes. To live outside of not feeling right and, and you're just unhappy and there's a grudge and you're, listen, there's a torment that comes with it that will affect your physical uh, life. It'll affect your emotional life, right? It's a, it really is a torment. And I think you've probably met those people. Uh, I know I have that you, you, somebody who's locked in unforgiveness, boy, there is a, there is a, what do you want to say? A cloud over their life. And some of us in here, we, we've walked in it. And maybe it only comes once in a while. I, I bet there's some people in here who have said, you know what, I'm just, I've just put it out of my mind. I believe the Lord's going to reveal. Maybe a person from 25 years ago, 20 years ago, that you thought maybe you let go and, and the Lord's going to bring it up and you're going to be set free. Maybe for the first time in 20 years. Amazing thing. That peace comes back. The torment leaves, and we've grown so, so accustomed to that peace being, God, boy, you're going to feel something on your life that maybe you haven't felt. Um, I want to show you this scripture. Jesus was walking with his disciples, and uh, they were having a conversation, which Jesus, you know, was so good at, at uh, not wasting words and being so specific. And, and he says this to his disciples as they were walking along. He says, so watch yourselves. If another believer sin, well, there's a, let's see. There's an exclamation point after, so watch yourselves. So maybe it was a little more, watch yourselves, right? Like, like when I'm sending my kids across the street, I, I, my little ones especially, L- listen, you watch it, the, notice the eyebrows raised here. There's a little extra, I just kind of sense that with, would you, listen now, you better, you got to watch yourself. If another believer sins, rebuke that person. Then if there's repentance, forgive. Even if that person wrongs you seven times a day and each time turns and again asks for forgiveness, you must forgive. All right, so you catch it. There's this great interaction and he's warning them. People are going to offend you. 
It's going to happen. You're not going to be able to avoid it. Somebody's going to say something that's going to hurt you. They're going to do an action. Even if that person does it seven times in one day, you need to forgive them. And here's the important part about this, is each time they do it, you forgive them like it was the first time they ever did it. Right? And even when he said seven times 70, you remember in the other scripture, he said, you must forgive seven times 70, which is 490 times. Even if, if they do it 490 times, the whole point of what he was saying is not a number. So each time you, a little punch card, right? Like to the free frozen yogurt or whatever it is, the little punch card of forgiveness, it was because he was saying it's limitless. And each time they sin against you, let it be like it's the very first time they've ever sinned against you. That's an amazing, amazing thing. I don't know about you. I'm more of the keep a record of wrong type of guy, right? Like, okay, that's one. All right. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Really? Again? Sure. Yeah, I forgive you. We're, we're going here again. All right. And it just built, boy, that's the opposite of forgiveness, right? That's the opposite of the way Jesus forgave us. Thank goodness he doesn't look at us and say, oh, wow, you're going to say that. You're going to think that thought? Really? You, ju you just left church road rage on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> then the apostle said this, the disciple said this, because I think it hit them, the reality of it. And they realized, wait a second, if a Jake mentioned this last week, but it was taught back then that the, the most you need to forgive somebody is three times. This was seven times in one day. And it says this, the apostles said to the Lord after hearing, that was just after hearing this, show us how to increase our faith. What were they saying? My goodness, I can't forgive seven times. I struggle to forgive one time. Now you're telling me if somebody comes up to me seven times, I need to forgive them like it's the first time they ever have sinned against me? Lord, I need some faith. This is what Jesus says. Now remember, before I say this, disclaimer, when Jesus is speaking, all the pictures and the analogies and everything he uses have specific meaning. He doesn't just throw them out there, right? So the Lord answered, if you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this sycamine tree, may you be uprooted and thrown into the sea and it would obey you. So what Jesus does in his response to the disciples is he compares the sycamine tree to unforgiveness and, and forgiveness, right? Not choosing to forgive, choosing not to forgive. Notice he didn't say, you could say to this tulip or you could say to this daisy or to this apple tree, he chose a sycamine tree and he did it for a specific reason. Now let me show you, I have a picture of us. This is the, the base of the root system of a sycamine tree. So the way when he said, you can say to this sycamine tree, I just picture in my mind, maybe that they were somehow close. To, they had to be somehow close to this tree. And as he was walking by and they're talking on forgiveness and he's telling them, listen to me, listen, if a person sins against you seven times in the same day, you have to forget. As he's telling them, and they're like, oh, this is way too big for us, God. What are we going to do? He said, look at this sycamine tree. If, listen, if your faith is even the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this 
this mountain of forgiving others and unforgiveness be uprooted and cast into the sea. Now, let me give you some points on the sycamine tree. As you can see, the root systems are amazing on these things. And they actually are, the in the Middle East, they're the deepest rooted trees around. They, go, uh, they grow to be like 30 feet high. And what's amazing is um, even in the driest of times, those roots go down into a different life source and they're impossible to kill, really. And they say that you, can, you could go up to the, you, could, you could go up to this tree and I could take a saw and I could cut it at ground level and knock that tree over and it will still grow back. It finds a way to, uh, you guys, isn't for unforgiveness the same way? When we let those roots go in, they find a life source in there that if we don't pull them up from the roots, that thing will just keep coming back. Keep coming back. Keep coming back. I, I can't tell you, not just in my own life, but how many people I've counseled that say, I just don't think I can forgive. Every time I see him, it comes back. I try. I ask the Lord, Lord, please take this from me. And it comes right back up, right? That anger comes right back up. We see that person and that, those thoughts come back to our mind and, and we start going through that process again. If I have a chance and we meet face to face and if they say this one word, I'm gonna say this right back in their face and they're not gonna have any word that we begin that process again when we see him. Boy, if we don't pull the roots out of unforgiveness, it is going to uh, keep growing back. Isn't that the truth? It was, uh, I would say, it was able to grow in the driest of places. And, and here's what I found with unforgiveness. It could, unforgiveness can grow anywhere at any time. You could be on top of the world and a person can do something that's specific, and, but it just sucks a life right out. It just sucks a life right out. Uh, here's another interesting point about a sycamine tree. The sycamine tree's wood was the preferred wood for caskets. Isn't that something? Can I tell you this? Unforgiveness always, without exception, brings death. Always. It, it sucks a life out of a relationship. It sucks a life out of a marriage. I've seen kids and, and, and parents torn apart. I've seen husband and wife torn apart. All because, and we could go, as we begin to track it, we begin to, to look at the root structure and see, you'll find these deep roots that go back to 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago of that original offense. And that offense was able to get in. Grace ended up leaving, right? And then everything they did, little by little, everything they did. I can remember sitting with married couples multiple times and they would say, well, she did this. And I, I'm like, why is that a big deal? Well, if you understood in context of what she did 10 years ago, you would see why that's a big deal. I'm like, she forgot, she vacuumed horizontal instead of vertical. It's like not that big of a deal. Sick of mine grew so easily in any environment. Bitterness does the exact same thing. Um, here's another point about it. Let me, let me say this. If you permit unforgiveness to grow in your life, it won't be long until bitterness and these attitudes have killed your joy, stolen your peace, and canceled out your spiritual life. You, you can't
Listen, you can't allow unforgiveness to grow and just be beaming with life on this other, in this other side. You know, it's not like we can say, okay, well, one third of the time, just let me have these thoughts a tenth of the time. Just let me think bad thoughts about uh, Joe, Joey. You know, he knew what he did and I'll get over it eventually. Give me that 10% and 90% of time. I'm like, Mr. Christian, I'm raising my hands. I'm praying. Do it. You, listen, th- these things can't coexist. We, we have got to be able, fresh water, right? And salt, they can't grow out. They can't come out of the same spring. We got to figure out how do we get these roots out of our life? Let me give you another point about the sycamine tree. It produced a, a fig that was very bitter to eat. You you know, the sycamine tree and the mulberry tree both grew in the Middle East and they looked exactly alike, it's almost identical. And the fruit looked identical. But here, here was the difference. The mulberry tree had a, a really good sweet fruit that rich people could eat. It was expensive. And the sycamine tree had a very, very bitter pungent fruit. When I think bitter, I think of grapefruit. Like I'm no offense, but ooh. It's like punishment. My mom could have given me that as I would have taken a spanking over a slice of, of grapefruit. Well, times at like times 10, the, the fig from a, from a sycamine tree was super, super bitter. And you'd have to take little bites. It was pungent. And poor people, it was so cheap because it tastes so bad. Only poor people uh, could eat it. Can I tell you that unforgiveness always leaves a bitter taste in people's mouths? Always. It's pungent. Right? You just know, you just know when you're around an unfor- a person with unforgiveness. Uh, last point um, I'll make on this. The sycamine tree was only pollinated uh, by wasps. Isn't that interesting? Sycamine tree wasn't, uh, it wasn't the normal pollination process. The only way a sycamine tree can be pollinated was if, if a wasp went to the fruit and, and put its stinger into the heart of the fruit. Have you ever heard somebody say, man, that, those words stung. Man, what that person did, that stu- it hit me right in the heart. There, there was something to those words. Isn't that the truth? Listen, many have been stung by a situation that the devil especially devised to pollinate your heart and soul with bitterness and unforgiveness. Right, It hit right at the right time, right at the right spot, and all of a sudden, you have that sycamine tree growing in your life. Here was the great thing about it. When Jesus said, oh, you, you saw what he said in, in verse, um, was it 26? When he said, if you have faith, even as the size of, of a grain of a mustard seed, and you guys know the, the principle of, of the mustard seed, how, how small it was. You could barely see it with the naked eye. So he was saying, listen, guys, stuff is going to come up. You're going to be offended. It might be seven times in one day. But listen, it's not going to take the faith of a mountain. It's only going to take faith the size of a mustard seed. Why was that? Because if you decide in your heart that you're willing the grace of God will help you deal with that unforgiveness, right? There's a grace to deal with it. Um, I want to share with you some thoughts here. I think, you know, unforgiveness is tough because real forgiveness can only be shared when there's a real hurt. Does that make sense? Like, uh, we're not talking like... uh, Christian, I, my son, Christian, I need to ask for forgiveness because when I stepped on a Lego you left out um, and I thought I was going to be ushered into eternity because of the pain, 
Like, I got so mad, and I, if you would have been there, I would have yelled at you. Well, he would be like, well, Dad, Jeremiah left the Legos. I stopped playing with Legos five years ago. And that's not, that's not, what, that's not the heart of for, forgiveness here. And, and of course, we, we don't want to be offended over little things. But we're, we're talking, there has to be an offense there has to be some, that's the hard part about forgiveness. When Jesus was saying, it wasn't, when you look at forgiveness, he doesn't um, put them on like a scale where, well, if they um, are too slow at the um, ordering their food at McDonald's, right? Like you're hungry and it's that one person that has to ask like all the questions, like, is there gluten in this? And do you have ranch? And Right, if you, th- that's one offense that's way down here. That I don't have to go up to that person and say, "I just, I need to forgive you because you took so long in the line at McDonald's." Just, I'm really having trouble getting over this, but I want you to know, I release you from your slowness. <clears throat> and then that's like a one, and then on this end is ten, where it's abuse or divorce or husband and, and wife left. You see what I'm saying? There, when God said forgiveness, uh, it needs to be extended. He put them all in the same category and said the same way that you forgive with this, you have to forgive with this and you have to do it every time that they do it, even if it's over and over again, has to be said. So forgiveness is a really, really, really tough deal, right? It's really tough. So I'm going to give you five, here's five points uh, to, to to receive or to extend forgiveness to someone, to get over unforgiveness. You guys all right with that? Five points. So look at your neighbor and say, he's going to give you five points and they're going to be really important. A couple of you said that's good enough for me. So you guys, you guys heard the story last week. I'm not going to read it verse by verse, but here was the story uh, that, that Pastor Jake shared last week. It was out of Matthew chapter 18, and you remember it was the kingdom of heaven can be c- compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date uh, with servants who had borrowed money from him, right? And the one servant came in, and he owed millions of dollars, more than he could ever repay in his lifetime. And, uh, and it says that the king was going to send him and his wife and his children uh, to prison until they could pay this back, which would never happen. It was, it, it was basically lifelong punishment. And, and the man, it says the man fell onto his knees. And, and if, you, if you look at the way it's written, it actually, uh, it, the word actually gives the idea that he fell on his knees to where his head was, was hitting the floor and just saying, man, please, please forgive me right? And it says that the king showed compassion on him and released him from, uh, from the, the debt he owed. And he got up and he walked out and did what a lot of us do. Um, we forget all that we've been forgiven of. And he finds somebody that owes him a few thousand dollars <clears throat> and he goes up to him and it says, the Bible says he grabbed him by the throat and he said, you need to pay me right now. And the guy said, I, I don't have the cash. And he said, all right, you're going to prison. They sent him to prison. Well, people heard about it and they saw it and they, they went back to the king and said, man, that guy that you just relieved of the millions of dollars of debt, he just, he had a guy come up to him, owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by then. It was this horrible scene, right? And he threw him into prison. His wife was crying. Kids were crying. The guy, I know the guy. He's a good guy. He's a mechanic down in the garage, you know, what, whatever it was. Uh, and he sent him to prison. King brings him back in, right? You guys know the story. He said, what, why could you not show compassion, to the same compassion I showed you? And he sent him back to prison to be tortured, right? Um, 
And then it says this verse in verse 35 says, that's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. So here we have this situation. Let me give you five steps. Here's number one. If you're taking notes, number one, uh, these are steps to forgiveness. Number one is open your heart. Open your heart. What does that mean? Verse 35 says, again, that's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart, not from your mind, not from your will. He didn't say, unless you forgive the person or what. He said, you have to forgive from your heart. Why? Because that's where the infection starts. It starts in, that's where the poison lies. That's where the roots go down deep, like the sycamine tree. So you have to be willing, if you want to forgive, to open your heart, right? So that's point number one, open your heart. Point number two, can I, let me just say this real fast. And let me, I know I, I do that sometimes, but let me give you this point. When that wound comes into your heart, here, here's what happens. We begin to build these defenses around it, right? And here, and we, we kind of put walls around this thing. And here's what we end up doing. We end up locking the torment in with us. And what we built as a fortress becomes a prison. And we're locked in this, this cell of, of torment just day after day after day. Listen, forgiveness doesn't set that person free from torment or that person who, who hurt you. When you extend forgiveness, it releases you from prison. It brings freedom to your life. Here's point number two. Extend compassion to the person who wounded you. But the man fell down before, this is verse 26 and 27, the same story. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with compassion for him and he released him and forgave his debt. And then verse 33, we see compassion again. Shouldn't you have compassion on your fellow servant just as I had compassion on you? Can I tell you this? Compassion is the door to forgiveness. And when you look at this story, there was two types of compassion. When the king first extended the compassion, when the guy, remember he fell on his face and he was sorrow, he was sorrowful and he was repentant. The king extended compassion based on his actions, right? But you guys have to understand that. That's just one part of compassion. We have to extend compassion even when those people don't repent. Even when they don't ask for forgiveness. We have to be willing to say, I'm going to extend compassion to that person. Can I tell you, most of the people who have hurt you, uh, unfortunately, this isn't a perfect world. They're not going to come up to you and fall at your feet and say, man, I really should not have said that. They're not going to come and grab your hand and say, man, I blew it. I blew it. I should not have committed that action. I should not have said, it's just not going to happen. So we're going to have to learn to show compassion even when it, there's no action towards us, no reconciliation, no repentance. We have to be willing to say, I'm extending compassion to you the same way that Jesus extended compassion to me. Even while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me, extended that love towards me. I want you to think of this I want you to think about the person who hurt you the most. Can you give them a gift this morning that they do not deserve? Think of that person that hurt you the most. 
Are you able this morning to say, Lord, I'm extending compassion to that person. I'm willing to let it go and show compassion. Point three, release the person from your heart prison. What does that mean? Release the person from your heart prison. Uh, in verse 27, it says, Then his master was filled with compassion. Now, you would think after he was filled with compassion, the next thing he would do is say, I forgive you. I forgive you. I know you, I know you would have been, I'm, I'm choosing to forgive you. I see your repentance. I see you. On, it seemed like the next thing he would have done is chosen to forgive. But it's not the next thing he does. Listen, it says, And his master was filled with compassion for him, and he released him and then forgave him his debt. So there's this releasing that has to happen in our life where we say, okay, I'm choosing to picture those people that, how many of you, here's a, here, maybe is a better way to explain it. How many of you have ever offended someone else? Right? All the guys are like waving and the girls are like, How many of you have ever gone around that person and you knew that they were mad at you? Right? You could just tell. And maybe you really hurt them. Maybe it was something really stupid. And you know you really hurt them. And when you go around them, all of a sudden they, they don't make eye contact. Right? They're like right in front of you and they're, they're looking like all around there's no, there's no joy, there's no love coming from them, right? You just know something's not, what have they done? Boy, they've locked you in that prison. Well, we do the same thing to the people who have hurt us. I'm not, no, I'm not gonna show, no. I'm not gonna smile at them. I'm not gonna say, I'm, you want me to shake their hand? I'm not gonna shake their hand. I'll be around them, I'll be around them and I'll talk to them, but we're not gonna be friends. I'm not gonna, I can't trust them. You want me to act like nothing's happened? I'm not doing, here's what we do. We lock him in a prison. Well, listen, if you want to forgive, if you want to really forgive, you got to in your mind, you got to go to that prison door. You got to, un you got to unlock it. And you got to say, I'm releasing you. I'm releasing you from the place I put you. You don't have to go up to the person and say, hey, by the way, you are locked in my heart prison cell and I'm unlocking it. So you're free to just be whoever you want to be. That might be a little bit awkward. All right, a couple more points. Point number four, uh, and this is important. Uh, forgive the person for each trespass, offense, mistake, and wound. Look at this in verse 35. It says, so my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Everybody say trespasses. Now, it's not, he didn't say forgive him his trespass. It's multiple here. It's plural. Forgive him his trespasses. So he doesn't just say, listen, if Judas, if Judas sins against you, you need to forgive Judah, which Judah would never do. He's too nice of a guy. But, but you, you have to forgive. No, it says that you have to not for just forgive the person or not just make it, uh, maybe Judah sinned against me 10 times. Just, well, just bunch them all together and forgive them that trespass. No, the Lord says, forgive them the trespasses. What does that mean? Well, I was, here's maybe the best way to explain. I was dealing with someone who had hurt me, but was very repentant. And I, 
I went to them, and I felt this very specific from the Holy Spirit. I went to them, and I just felt like the Lord said, think of everything that they've repented for, and I want you just to look at them, and I want you to release them for each of those specific things. And I went and I just said, listen, I'm choosing to forgive you of this thing, and I'm releasing you from that. When I look at you, I don't see that sin anymore. I don't think you're this or you're that. I'm just, I, the Lord has taken that, I, I'm releasing that from you. You know, I was making my list as I get ready to close, making a list and, and uh, of, just in preparation for this, I asked the Lord, Lord, who is it that I, that I need to forgive? Who is it that I need to let go of that uh, unforgiveness? And the first person, top of the list was my mom. And, and I remember just, I just said, Lord, okay, what are, the, what are the specific things that I need to forgive my mom for? And just going down the list, she was a manipulator and controller. And I'm just, you know, I'm writing these things down one by one. She was, um, and, and I love my mom. We have a great relationship now. But things, my, my dad died when I was young. I was eight, seven years old. We had five of us kids, and my mom was 34 years old. And here's what the Lord did. He, as I began to write these things, she never came to any of my games through high school. I played, I played three sports. She never came to any of my, any of my games. I'm just writing these down. And, and, and so I just began to release her. Of, I just said, Lord, I just forgive my mom for being manipulative and controlling in my life, choosing to forgive her. And here's what the Lord did. He began to show me her heart. Son, Kenny, you don't understand. She's broken. Look at the hurt she's been through. Parents died young. Her husband died young. Her husband had Parkinson's, her new husband had Parkinson's disease, died young. Look at the hurt that is built in her, what what was happening. As I opened my heart, I was able to extend compassion. Why? Because I was seeing her not for her sin, but for the person she was. Guess who else does that? That's Jesus. Right? He sees you, not for your sin. Thank goodness. I've sinned so many times, so stupid. Some of the things I do and say that just come out of nowhere. And you know what Jesus, he looks at me and he doesn't say, you know, I really love you, Kenny, but all I can see is this and this and this and this. And I'm extending compassion to you and I'm choosing to love you for who you are as my child, not for the sin that you committed. When you're choosing to forgive someone, extend compassion. Last point, bless them and do good to them. You guys have heard the, the, the scripture out of Matthew 5. I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. You know, when, it, it, when we say enemy, that seems harsh, but when you hold unforgiveness in your heart towards someone and that, that seeking justice turns to seeking vengeance, your heart grows bitter, those people become an enemy. And God gives us four commands with those people. Love them, bless them, do good to them, and pray for them. We have to choose to believe good for them. Boy, I think a good way to know if you've truly forgiven is if you can look at the person who hurt you so much and bless them. It's a good test. Would you guys close your eyes? Holy Spirit, I'm asking. Lord, even right now, bring people to our mind that we need to forgive. Lord, help us to open our heart. Lord, help us to extend compassion. Lord, help us to release them from that place, that prison we put them in. Lord, we'll be specific. Lord, we're gonna choose to to call out those specific sins and release them. Lord, and help us to bless. 
to pray for them, to do good to them. Listen, if you're in here, every eye's closed. If you're in here and you're saying, man, that's me. I, I just, I have been struggling with forgiving someone or multiple people. And I, I just need the grace of God to help me. I'm choosing today to let that go. Every eye's closed. If you're in here and you're saying, that's me, I just need that grace. Would you just, right where you're at, would you put your hand up and just put it right back down? We don't need to see. Put your hand up, absolutely. All over. Father, in Jesus' name, I'm asking, you've seen the hearts. Lord, would you pour out your grace? Pour out your grace on our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would help us walk through this process of forgiveness. Lord, and that those of us who came in hurting and bitter, Lord, would have hope this morning. Lord, it's not by our strength, it's only by your grace, but if we have faith, even the size of a mustard seed, Lord, and we choose, Lord, you will help us walk through that forgiveness. Lord, I thank you for it. You're a great God. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen.